we have been talking about how we become avid followers of Jesus Christ. It all begins by knowing God, the God that Jesus knows, and loving God with every fiber of our being so that we begin to think differently, talk differently, love differently, and live our lives in a Christ-like way. Not only do we follow Christ, but we become people that are able to influence people wherever we go every single day of our lives. We learn in the Bible through Christ that the one person becomes extremely important in seeing the whole world changed for the better. I'd like you to pull out your Bible, if you would, your you version, to John chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading with verse number 4. And if you're here, just say yes. Yes. All you that are watching online, get a cup of coffee and join us. Verse 4. Jesus had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sachar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why, why are you asking me for a drink. Jesus begins and says, I had to go through Samaria. It was not because of some travel arrangements. It was not because it was the shorter route on his GPS. But as you'll notice here, he was going to Samaria and crossing the line and the boundary of prejudice. He was traveling north. If you look at this map here, he was coming from the south. He's heading uh, north to Galilee. Most of those that wanted to stay away from this pariah group would go east because this whole group in here was a group that you just don't go on that part of the town. The Samaritans were a group of people that after the Babylonians came in to Judah in 586 BC and took a lot of the Jews back to Babylon, some were left and they intermarried with non-Jews and they became this group, Samaritans, that the Jews despised and hated and would not even talk to. But Jesus doesn't go along with the culture, doesn't go along with what the news says because he's not a person that is prejudiced to any person. And Jesus 
heads right into the city, and he had to go there, and it was about the one. We're not even, we're not even given the name of the woman here, so it seems we are to understand that she was the Samaritan woman. And we learn a little later in the account here that she's not a, the most reputable person in the community, and certainly she is a person that is refulgent with shame. And Jesus loves to push through shame because the adversary wants every person to look at their past or where they are and have shame so that they don't move from where they are. Shame will cause us to become immobile and will cause a defeat about our tomorrows and about our todays. But Jesus had to go to Samaria. Jesus was not going to miss Samaria. Yeah, the crowds are great. The crowds are enjoyable. However, guys, disciples, leaders, we're walking straight to Samaria. And it's interesting that Jesus, Jesus gets in her world. He doesn't say, you come to me. He came to her. And his whole discourse is about the well and the water because that's where she was, and that was her deal, and he was going to get into her deal. And he says, please give me a drink. She looks at him and says, what's up? What's up? Obviously, he looked like a Jew. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You guys don't talk to us. What are you doing? Why are you asking me for a drink? I don't understand this. And Jesus, I'm sure, with a smile on his face, says in verse 10, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I'll give you some living water. So Jesus gets in with the language of where she is and describes this change in a person's life. And the key part here is this living, that this is going to be something living. And he compares it to living water. And so she runs through the scenario and she's talking She's talking about the water. He's talking about a spiritual dimension of life change. And she talks about the water. And finally, Jesus says to her, I'm going to know Jesus is cool. Always has the one-liners. He always sees beyond the crowd. And he sees the one. And verse 13 and 14, say it with me. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Jesus says... I got this gift for you, and you can come to the well every day, but I'm not talking about well water, because a well is where stagnant water is stored. But a spring is the source of living water. And he said, what can happen is this thing can happen in you where there is a fresh bubbling spring, and he says, within, not without, not in the clouds, not in a building, not in a church. He says, I know that you live in shame, you breathe shame, you hate getting up in the morning, but I want you to know there's something more. And it's like a fresh 
bubbling, a fresh bubbling, you can't even say that without smiling, fresh bubbling spring. Say it not too loudly, fresh, say it a little louder, fresh, I like that. Good job, Jesus. Hallelujah. And um, so this uh, discourse goes on. And then Jesus has a word of knowledge. Remember, Jesus did what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed. He operated in these gifts. And at this point... He looks at this lady, and it's, inter- it's most important that we understand you can say things strongly and be condemning and make a person feel worse, or you can say something with so much grace and love that the other person is rocked. And Jesus says to her, um, why don't you uh, go and go, go get your husband? Uh, Jesus told her, uh, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know you've had uh, five marriages and the guy you're with now, you're sleeping with him. Wow, that'll quiet a building. <laughs> she had been unmasked. Jesus has a way of unmasking us. We make up things in our mind and pretend and, well, 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 that's okay. Well, yeah, I can live with him, run over here, do that. Yeah, <laughs> praise God. And Jesus has a way of getting to every single one of us and saying something that is so pertinent, it causes us to go, oh my Jesus, whoa. And she's standing there like, how'd you know that? And then she asked him a deep theological question. And very graciously, he tells the story about that theology and where we should worship and how. But then after that, she says this. You know, The Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he'll tell us everything. So she had revelation, and then he looks at her, and he said, I am the Messiah. I have come, and you are talking to the one that can help you in every way possible and change your life. And then the woman runs away and she says, goes back to the village and she says, come here a man that told me everything about myself. Wow, and I'm sure her friend said, boy, that was a lot. (laughs) And I don't think the whole story's in this little passage there because... Jesus could only, you know, write a few books. He might have said, now you went over here, and then when you did that, and you know when he went over there, and you did that. Come hear a man that told me everything about myself. And the Bible says that the people in the village came, certainly by the hundreds. And if you look at the last verse here in verse 42, it says they then believed that Jesus was the savior of the world. It all began with the one. It all began with one Samaritan woman who was full of shame and Jesus called her to a place she had never been before. And it means that we have to go out of our way for the one. Friday afternoon, I was sort of in a rush. I was at the gym, 
and I was about to go out, and all of a sudden I thought, I think I should go in the steam room for five minutes. And I went in, sat down, and there was a man there. He's a Muslim from Iran, and I see him all the time at the gym. He was just leaving. He looked at me and he said, so what are you doing? I thought, what am I doing? (laughs) And I've never responded this way before, but I I said, "Uh, I'm praying for people. And as soon as I said that, a guy in the steam room said, well, pray for me. (laughs) I just had back surgery. He said, I'm Rick. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. We turned the steam room into a healing room. And I left. You never know how God can turn you, twist you for the one. It's amazing that there was a lady that recognized years ago that there was a young boy next door that wasn't going to church. And that boy was my father. My father was somewhere around eight, nine, or 10 years old, and her father, his father, owned a pub and was drinking all the time but this lady from the missionary, Christian Missionary Alliance Church went that next door and knocked on the door. And she said to the father, can I take Alex to church? And his father said, yes. I don't know how long or how far, but my dad ended up going to church. And later on, he was called into the ministry, and some man said, I'll pay your way through Bible college. And then my father became this flaming evangelist, shouting and praising God. (laughs) How many love babies? I love babies. And... uh, And it ended up that he became an evangelist across the country, and then he ended up having a church in Baltimore, Maryland, pastor for 30 years, missionary director, and thousands and thousands of people came out of there, but most of all, his six kids. Francis, my sister's on the front row, and I'm one of them, and maybe... I wouldn't be standing here unless a lady from the Christian Missionary Alliance Church church knocked on the door next to her. So I was sitting here in worship. I thought about Nelson Taranzo. And Nelson was in prison because he was a drug dealer. And one day, a murderer in the prison told Nelson about Christ, and he became a believer. And now, he has started Redemption Prison Ministries and now is affecting thousands of prisoners, and I believe he's gonna go to the nations of the world and Nelson, stand up. Here's the man right here. It was the one man, a murderer, redeemed by the grace of Jesus Christ, Melvin Perez. Very possibly, Nelson would not be here Married to Beverly, boy, that was your break. And, <laughs> but it was one person that makes the difference 
in our lives. If I were to ask everyone to stand up and to say the name of the person that affected you most, it probably would be one or two people that you became a follower of Christ. And in fact, you may be in this meeting because someone invited you here, and this is your destiny and your moment. It's interesting that in 1934, there was an evangelist who went around the country and he was preaching a very fiery, fiery sermon. And Mordecai Ham had some tent meetings where there were these revival meetings. Thousands of people were coming. There was a student from the mix, I mean, there was a student there that was 16 years old who had no interest in God and didn't want to go to a church. And in fact, he had been in the meeting and watched this guy preach, and he didn't like it, so he took refuge in the choir. Mordecai Ham gave an invitation, and this young man, the student, came forward. His name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham, I know many of us watched the funeral this week. Was that beautiful or was that beautiful? And I learned that he has preached to around 2 billion people throughout the world through television and his crusades. And I think it'd be nice just to say, thank God for him again, Billy Graham. So all of us should now listen to what Jesus said because this is the message of what it, how it applies to us. When the disciples come back from getting lunch, Jesus says to them something very unusual. Evidently, this was about December, and the seeds were being planted and it took four months for the crop to come up. And Jesus must have looked out on the fields and saw that the, the grain had been put in the ground, the seeds had been put into the ground. And yet Jesus does something interesting. He doesn't say, look at the field here, but he says to them, to his leaders, to his disciples, he says in verse 35, he says, but I say, said, you say there's four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe. What Jesus was seeing was the harvest already completed. He saw that in the spirit. He saw that people were groping. He saw that people were spiritually hungry. He saw that shame was affecting people. He saw that there were broken families. And he said, I want you gentlemen that are traveling with me, I want you to wake up. I want you to wake up and stop seeing just what is around you. I want you to have a perspective and you see that on your college campus, people that are going to school with you, right next to you, that the harvest is ripe. That on the high schools and middle schools, and I'm so grateful our, our student ministry is rising up and they're going into the schools and affecting hundreds and hundreds of students for Christ because the harvest is ripe. People are ready to come to Christ. And all we have to do is to begin to share the good news. Yeah. 
The gospel is not bad news. It is good news. It is good news that Jesus died, rose again, and that we can have resurrection life living in us, a spring bubbling inside of our hearts, that by the Spirit we can rise from the ashes of defeat and we can rise up and we can put the past behind us. I believe there is a force of shame where the enemy is trying to stop us, trying to intimidate us. I was thinking yesterday, we allow people, we allow circumstances to back us up, not knowing that we are the people of God, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are capable, we are anointed, and that we are not going to allow uh, the evil or the thoughts of negativity that what we've done in the past stops us for our future, and we have to rise up, and we have to begin to say that I have been called by God, I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit, and I will not be intimidated by anyone or anything, that I am a child of God, and I'm going to rise from the ashes of defeat. The ashes of defeat. One of the reasons that we have taken on this mission of Saturate Orlando is that we believe that we can affect our community effectively. We've joined force with Phil Cohn, who has come down here to the city and uh, heads up Christ for All Peoples. And yesterday he was here. We gathered together a large crowd of us. Uh, and he also brought David with him. He came in from New York where they have just done Saturate New York and had a big celebration in Times Square. And Nella and also uh, Solomon, a man that has traveled in the nations in the east and has come here and we went out, we prayed together, we went out door to door, took those uh, evangelistic packs, put them on the doors. And it's interesting, as we went door to door and just started to say, Lord, I pray over this home. I pray over this home. I pray over the, this home. Then we meet people, and people will run to Christ. And then someone else would come, and then talk with someone else. Someone said they were walking down the sidewalk, and there was this young girl that was dressed uniquely. And they started to talk to her about Christ. And they said she was just overwhelmed by the love of God. And at that instant, the pimp came by and took her off. That's to remind us the enemy is concerned about the one. And we must be wiser, more powerful, and we must take him out. And we must fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. And we should not surrender one person to be captive to his forces. His power is great, but the name of Jesus is our victory. We are victorious. We are victorious. We are victorious. We are victorious. We are anointed. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been called for such a time as this. And we will not relent. And we will not back up. And we will not be intimidated by the powers of darkness. And we will run. We will go after those that have been maligned, those who have no hope, and we will bring them hope. Today, when we leave the building, we have thousands of these packages. The Jesus movie has been seen by four billion people. Most watched movie in the world, people coming to Christ. The world has come here. It's in hundreds of languages. 
And we're asking, or the Holy Spirit is asking us, take 12 this week, go down 12 houses, pray over them, and leave that information. There's something that is there, a letter, and in four languages, Spanish, Portuguese, English, and Russian. And we're believing as we go where it's uncomfortable that God will make that, that harvest field come alive and Christ will change everything. I feel like the Lord says to us today, don't stop, don't get comfortable, go where you've never gone before, listen to the Holy Spirit, and he will bring forth a great harvest. Yes, the Lord says there will come a mighty revival. Already it has started. But the revival will be an awakening greater than the first awakening and the second awakening. And it will come to certain churches that are hungry and are awake. And the Lord is saying today, be awake. Don't let shame stop you. You are forgiven of your sins. Your past has been redeemed. So you step up and step out, and you become a force against the enemy who has tried to take you out. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. I break, every, I break every power in the name of Jesus over any person in this building that is in the ashes of defeat in the name of Jesus. I say to you, get up. Get up out of your, your darkness. There are some here this morning, you're in darkness. You're in bondage. In the name of Jesus, he would set the captive free. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, arise in Jesus' name and come forth and let that resurrection power come alive in you. I've asked the Lord, make me come alive more. And he wants to do that for all of us. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Say it. Come alive. Hallelujah. 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 Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus.
I really uh, believe that the Lord wants to do uh, incredible, incredible miracles. Often when we are reflective and just listening to the Lord, that miracle uh, just can break forth. And I, I think that there's a reason why Christ instituted the sacrament of the communion that when we take the bread, the body of Christ, and we take the cup, understanding that we are under the new covenant of his blood, and we're declaring to the enemies that we have, Christ defeated you, Satan, and since he defeated you, I'm making a declaration through communion that you are defeated in me. I felt a moment ago that there are many here today, you're defeated. You're defeated in your marriage, defeated in your finances, and then almost totally defeated. So in a moment, we're gonna receive communion, and we have various stations all over the building, right here in the front, on the sides. You can come up and over here on the side. Up here in the balcony, I believe we have people up there. I have uh, been feeling uh, recently to invite the Holy Spirit more to move among us. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that, when he moves with his presence, all kinds of things leave. They fall off of us. We're going to have our prayer teams down front here. And if you need personal prayer, always you're in a crisis, something happened. Hey, listen, we all, this is a hospital. This is not heaven. This is a hospital. That's why we come here and we help each other. So that when you're down, some of us are up. And then we're down and you're up. So the prayer team is here. And we're going to, we use the name of Jesus here. And that power is broken. Because the Bible says if two agree concerning any one thing, it shall be done. I'm going to ask no one to leave for a couple minutes if you can. And if you want to stand there reflectively and just say, Jesus, it's fine. But we will receive communion all over the building. So let's do that. But let's, let's invite the Holy Spirit to come among us. Yeah, go ahead.
you bow your heads together, please? Everyone quiet for just a moment, if you would. No one moving. We never end our meeting without giving people an opportunity to be forgiven of their sins and to have a brand new life and experience what Jesus talked about as his grace and mercy. We have a cross in our sanctuary here to remind us that Christ took our sins on the cross, made it possible for all of us to be pardoned and have a brand new life. Just a moment, we want to give an opportunity for those to raise their hand to say, hey, I want to make a decision today. I want to decide. I want Christ to forgive me. doesn't matter how bad you've been, how messed up your life is. Christ is very good at putting lives back together. Hallelujah. So if you're here in the room, you say, listen, today is my day. I want to decide. I want to be, I want to be forgiven. But put up your hand wherever you are, all over the building. Put it up. Put it up right now. Hands going up. Put them up wherever you are. Yes, wherever you are. And all the way in the back, just put up a hand, balcony. Just say, that's me. Do it today. Don't put it off. Don't, don't be intimidated by the enemy Say you're not, yes, see the hand. You're not going to be able to change. You've tried before. Stop it. Don't be intimidated. You intimidate the enemy by putting up your hand saying, no, I'm not believing your lies anymore. Put your hand up. Put it, there are people in this building. You need to put up your hand and say yes and resist every enemy in the name of Jesus. Who else? Who else? going to ask all those that raised your hand, you didn't raise your hand, just to stand in the front here, and we're going to have just a closing prayer for one minute. You come right now, wherever you are, come to Jesus. Come right here. Let Christ change your life in Jesus' name. Down from the balcony. You come. Yes. You come. Come on, do it now. Yes, all the way in the back. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, do it, do it, do it. Do it now, do it now. Yes. The balcony, come on, all the way down. Yes. 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 Come, come. Come. 
Come. Come. That's it. Come, 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 come. Wow, look at this. There's a person in the room that's a drug dealer, and the reason I mentioned uh, Nelson is because you're a drug dealer. There are several here uh, really uh, bound by drugs. And Jesus is bigger than your addiction. And that's breaking right now in the name of Jesus. I like to see the drug dealer. I'll be back here, and there are no police here, so just come back. And uh, we have the great uh, captain of all uh, back there, Jesus. So. We're going to pray a prayer. We have a whole family that came to Jesus. And we're going to pray this prayer. And Christ is going to change your life. The way you come to Christ is simply by allowing Christ to work on the heart. He doesn't begin with the external. It begins with the internal. And we come with hope. Don't think about your sin. Think about how great Jesus is. And then we'll repent of your sin. But the central point is Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah. You that are watching online overseas or maybe here down the street, you can pray this prayer. If you didn't come, you can pray this prayer. Your next step will be to declare your, uh, this step here by being, water, be being baptized in water. So, and after this, Pastor Dave is gonna take you to the side for one minute. So I'd like us all to say this prayer, Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin and I repent of my sin and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you pray that prayer, you are forgiven and made righteous. Would you go?